listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. As always, you can call 069 or you can text or WhatsApp 087-166-9800 and you can email myself, patrick102fm at gmail.com with any tech-related questions you might have. And to start off, we have a question from Stephen. Stephen is in Newcastle West and he said he's going building his first PC. And he's buying all the parts and stuff, but he's thinking, actually not related to the actual parts of the computer itself, but actually the tools. He was thinking, um, he said he has a power drill, like a 24-volt power drill, um, and he has screwdrivers. But he was saying, is it worth it to get one of the electric screwdrivers? And I suppose uh, the answer is maybe. (laughs) Um, The electric, like maybe when you're building a brand new PC, it might be. the reason I say that is, say, I have tried them, but on old PCs, like stripping old PCs, and it doesn't have, f- for getting out screws that are tightened, it doesn't have enough torque. You kind of have to still manually do it. And then once you loosen them, it might take it out the rest of the way. But in in I've tried maybe f- four or five different ones, and they don't have a lot. Of course, they're small, like, and especially those new pencil kind of ones. They don't have enough torque to to loosen tight screws or anything. You can't just, like, drill hold it there and let it do the work. You have to twist it and get it going. And, and you know, most of those computer screws are pretty short. So by the time you've done that, you have it most of the ways out anyway. So you might as well be using a screwdriver. So uh, to be honest with you, I in a lot of situations, I think those electrics, unless you're, I've seen them, I worked years ago in Dell computers. And you'd see the screwdrivers, uh, the like pneumatic ones on a and they're on a string and you're putting in you're screwing parts into pl- that kind of situation or in a in a laboratory or a, in a where they're just you're just putting in screws all the time and putting certain parts together. But I think if there's if it's a changeable situation where you might have tight screws and loose screws and I don't I'm, I'm not sure if it's really worth it and. You know, uh, yeah, because they don't have the torque to to, to do where a a drill is handy. Like, to be honest with you, if I'm doing, I'd often use a drill. I know it's heavy and, you know, and if if, I wouldn't use it if I was a full time, maybe assembling computers full time, I I might not do that. But you said you're just building a PC. You know, you might be putting in a hundred screws, but it's a once off kind of thing. And it's not the kind of thing you're going to be rushing anyway. Um, but maybe it's the one place that electric screwdriver might be okay because you're assembling, you're putting in screws and it doesn't have to, you know, torque out old rusty screws or something. It's going to be all new parts you're putting in and things like that. So if you wanted to, I'd put it to you this way, I wouldn't spend an awful lot of money on it, but, uh, you know, because they are a little bit gimmicky because they don't 100% do the job. Um, some of the cheaper ones now maybe this, I, I've only always the one I suppose between you know 30 euro and 100 euro the ones I've tried so maybe there's some more expensive one that's lightweight and has more torque and can do all the different stuff but not the ones I've tried anyway uh, and by the time you'd get enough torque you'd probably be most of the ways like you can get lightweight drills as well 
and at least that can do other things. You can come on and change the bit and put a drill bit, and you can drill the wall to put a plug in to ham a, hang a photo or whatever you want to do so that you get more purpose out of them, and especially if it's only just a PC you're building. So um, if it's something you want, kind of, and if you think you're going to be getting more into it, uh, assembling PCs and doing things like that, and not needing a, a, a lot of power, you know, not needing to, to take out an old screw that's tightened up tight um, and things like that, then maybe, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on those. I think, like, when I'm t taking computers apart, most of the time I just use a screwdriver because they're, they're very short screws. So it's not like, you know, you're... you're, you're uh, after drilling a wall and you want to put a big long screw into it or something like that or you're assembling woodwork or something like that uh, they're just these tiny little screws and you just you know you can roll it between your fingers the screwdriver and take it out pretty quickly anyway and, and actually that's another thing about the especially the cheaper ones that don't have two speeds or anything they're quite slow it's like taken out you know because they're not high powered motors so they're they're going to take out the screws uh, quite slowly so as well so but if you want to sit down and enjoy it and you know uh, you know have your all your parts in front of you and assembling and all that kind of thing then then uh, you know go ahead but uh, to does it improve the job or anything like that I not really uh, to be honest for me anyway uh, so you know if you get if you if you're in a hurry use the drill if you're not in a hurry use the screwdriver yeah so uh, but best of luck with your pc it's always fun putting them together and things like that and let's have a look at some of the latest in tech oh this is a story i've been hearing bits and pieces about so this involves chess a game which i've i don't think i've ever played in my life i don't even know how how it works but i know there's kings and queens and all that kind of stuff but uh, bishops and uh but i've never played it uh i played um checkers now that's about it but um uh, i know that uh this young new player has beaten like Magnus Carlsen, I think his name is. He's like a world champion chess player. And he admitted that when he was young, when he was 12 or 13, he's only 17 or something, but or 18 or something like that. But he admitted that when he was even younger, was it 12 or 13 or something, he cheated in online poker and they're accusing him now of cheating again or something that could he have used technology to beat Magnus Carlsen or something like that. Uh, so let's see, have a little bit. It's in TechCrunch. Let's see, have a little bit, uh, or have a look at a little bit of what it's about. Uh, the, the chess world is currently consumed by drama as lurid and compelling uh, in the way as Don't Worry Darling Fracas. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, involving implications of cheating at the highest levels of play. Uh, the feud between the world champion and an upstart challenger has prompted speculation on, on the extent, existential threat of chess, uh, chess posing as an... Um, posed by an AI engine tiny enough to be concealed somewhere on or in the body. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was one of the... that he had uh, implanted something in himself that uh, an AI engine that could, like, uh, use, uh, like, Morse code or something to give him the, the next move, like an AI engine. Uh, so maybe f involving an outside person that's watching the game and in the game is being played simultaneously on an AI uh, a computer that can give the perfect move every time and just give him the next move with Morse code or something like that 
or something else. Yeah, but uh, there, there, there's lots of speculation going on. Uh, the idea, unsupported by any evidence, is it must be emphasised that a player could uh, surreptitiously consult an unbeatable chess engine, even when playing over the board, has been battled uh, around for years. But uh, recent events have made people think seriously about the possibility and what it might mean for the future of the game. The saga ban- began two weeks ago when current chess world champion and one of the strongest players in history, Magnus Carlsen, began a match at the Sinkfield Cup with Hans Niemann, a 19-year-old grandmaster who had ascended from respectable to downright dangerous over a remarkably short period of time. Carlsen was playing with the white pieces, therefore going first, an advantage he is particularly adept at using, having not lost the game in years, uh, while the seldom even taken a while seldom even taking a draw. Yet soon he had not just uh, fortified the game, but he had also withdrawn from the tournament, uh, cryptically tweeting what seemed to have been a a veiled accusation of cheating by Neiman. He has not elaborated on the actions, despite officials, fans, colleagues, and even the likes of former world champion uh, Gary Kasparov asking him to speak out. Um... Carlson told an interviewer that he uh, will give a statement after the Julius Baer tournament currently underway in which both are playing. Uh, Neiman, for his part, uh, has naturally and emphatically denied any cheating and said that an apparently miraculous preparation for the unusual line of attack Carlson took was one, uh, was one he happened to include after seeing it in a game from years earlier. The tournament organiser has stated that there is no indication of any suspicious behaviour or wrongdoing. Others have examined the record and found no indication of cheating. Uh, the event is uh, fallout, uh, only given an outline here, having sharply divided the chess world and even the conservative approach uh, of let's wait and see tactfully sustains the idea of Neiman cheating. So there is precious little neutral ground to occupy. Uh, FIDE, the official international chess organization, is expected to issue a statement soon that may shed light on things, but it won't change what's already happened. Yeah, see, that's the problem now is that, um, you know, the AI engines now are can beat uh, chess grandmasters. So uh, if somebody has access uh, to computer systems somehow uh, that can give them the next move, and, you know, chess games are so slow that, that there is, if there is a communication, it can be done, you know. Uh, and everything is squares are all you know in grids so you can really duplicate a game on a computer and have the the computer pick the next move for you every time all you need all the other person needs to do is communicate that to you so I, but even if they had an AI engine where he could uh, say Carlson makes a move he could like tap his leg a certain amount of times to let the AI engine know you know if it's wired into a receiver know what he what move he did and that will tell him his own next move in response then or something like that you know yeah, because all boards start the same and moves you know you can you can communicate the moves uh, and each square has its own designation uh, to be clear here there's no question that Neiman is an extremely high level player he has played hundreds of games against extremely strong players in situations where cheating is all but impossible and won decisively. It was noted by other GMs that Carlson had played poorly for him and Neiman had simply gotten lucky with his prep, played well and perhaps rattled the champion, leading to an advantageous position. 
but Carlson is not easily rattled, nor is he one to storm off after making a blunder, still uh, less to cast unfounded aspersions uh, as an opponent to have faced off before. One fan even caught them playing a friendly barefoot match on the beach in Miami just weeks earlier. Oh, so yeah, there's a picture of them on the beach playing each other uh, in a friendly way, so... Um, but uh, it, it, uh, that that won't be happening anytime soon again by the looks of it. But yeah, it'll be interesting now to see what will happen there. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, a campaign encouraging kids to play outdoors has broken, uh, broken a Guinness World Record by creating the planet's longest hopscotch course. Generation Wild Colorado created 4.37 mile long course at Chatfield State Park in Littleton, Colorado, US. The hopscotch course is now open to the public. <laughs> so that's that's a very long hopscotch new world record there. Uh, Google is making it even easier to remove your personal information from search. Its results about you uh, tool lets you easily file a request to remove uh, results containing your phone number, email or home address. Uh, Google's results about you results about you tool uh, meant to simplify the process of removing search results to contain personal identifiable information is starting to roll out to some users according to a report from 9to5Google. Uh, um, Google announced the feature earlier this year during its I.O. conference saying it'll be coming to uh, the Google app. Google already has a way to remove search results uh, that contained your home address, email address and phone number along with a host of other types of potentially dangerous or damaging information. The system wasn't necessarily the easiest to access though. Uh, if you found a search result that linked to your sensitive information, you have to go to a support page and fill out a form containing the URL that you wanted to re remove from the search results. Uh, with the new tool, you'll be able to directly make a request from the search page. If you see a result, uh, a search result linking to a page uh, with your info on it, you can tap the three-dotted button uh, next to it and access the About the, This Result panel, which will have a Remove Result option. From there, you'll be able to submit a request to have that result removed. Uh, so that's very good. That'll shorten the process a bit. Uh, Sega's Dreamcast iconic memory card is making a fundraised comeback. A crowdfunded 2023 product made for the 1999 Dreamcast console is the same design, but with modern features like a sharper screen, USB-C charging, micro SD card support and more. Uh, so if, actually I never had a Dreamcast up until about six months ago, which I bought one at like a car boot sale. Uh, it was pretty cheap. So I said for, for the crack, I'd try it. And uh, it had a game in it and everything, the like a taxi race, racing taxi or game or something. And it was actually, I was surprised how good the graphics and everything were uh, for the time. So it's actually quite good. Um, you know, for the for the time, but uh, the the playability was quite sharp, um, so I really liked it. I'm glad I picked it up for a couple of quid, uh, and it's nice. I have a kind of a, a, a small collection of old computer um, uh, consoles and things like that, all the Playstations and uh, a few other really like 1970s and 80s ones and stuff. Uh, uh, so it was nice to have a Dreamcast. Uh, you can find all sorts of strange tech on Indiegogo, but this fundraiser for an improved version of the virtual memory unit for the Sega Dreamcast is one of the zanier gadgets I've heard about this year. 
the company Dreamware Enterprises is in the process of developing the VM2, which it calls the next generation VMU for the Dreamcast. It is one of those one-to-one creations of a niche accessory made for a failed console that it plans to release in black and white in the summer of 2023. Some of the improvements seem great, like a higher resolution LCD screen with backlighting, micro SD card storage for offloading and injecting saves, a rechargeable battery with USB-C charging and mini game support. It'll ship with PC connectivity with its own GUI for Windows. The firmware and software of the VM2 are being developed by a single person named Chris Daigo. Uh, the Indiegogo page states that the production will take place in Greece. Uh, so that's, that's very very interesting. Uh, it's a bit of fun. Um, the real impact of the... Gran- oh, yeah, so Grand Theft Auto 5 has been out for years and years, and they've just kept... Um, because it's been played online and it's been expanded, so they've just kept adding to it and things like that. And uh, it hasn't, but there's Grand Theft Auto 6 is being worked on at the moment, but somebody leaked uh, gameplay and bits and pieces from it, and there's been big controversy over it. Um, uh, the the creators are not happy about it. Is it Rockstar, isn't it? Now, when hackers release game information early, it's the developers that suffer, not the players. Uh, on September 17th, a user called Teapot tuber hacker <laughs> what a name went to a grand theft auto forum where with with what they claimed were 90 clips from rockstar games next big presumed hit grand theft auto 6 it's possible it could be uh, that they could leak more data soon gta 5 and 6 source code and assets gta 6 test building they wrote also oh, this is what uh, this is what they said along with it the hack was real. The next day, Rockstar confirmed that it had suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party downloaded confidential information from our system that included early footage from its upcoming game, uh, leaving parent company Take-Two scrambling to get videos posted on platforms deleted uh, from the likes of YouTube and Twitter. Uh, Rockstar did not respond to request to comment. Uh, so the leak is one of, if not the biggest leaks to happen in the game industry. The scope of what the hacker managed to steal from videos uh, to potentially GTA 5 and GTA 6 source code, uh, the building blocks that allow developers to uniquely craft their games is mind-boggling. Yet despite suffering a massive breach, Rockstar Games isn't alone. This week, a Reddit user posted 43 minutes of beta footage from Blizzard's upcoming Diablo 5. Uh, uh, Earlier this month, or Diablo 4, sorry. Earlier this month, news about Ubisoft's next Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Mirage, was outed online ahead of the company's flashy announcement. Uh, A YouTuber has since come forward to confess responsibility for the leak after he broke an embargo. In the past, hackers have targeted prominent uh, developers like Naughty Dog, posting unreleased information about The Last of Us Part 2. So, yeah, there's a lot of different leaking going on there. Uh, A major conference at the Viva Stadium uh, will outline government plans to deal with the circular economy. It's given the name to the process whereby every, everyday goods are disposed of, recycled and reused. Legislation has passed, uh, was passed in July which enables a framework uh, in this country to reuse items that are usually disposed of as rubbish. Actually, if, speaking of which, if anybody is listening and they have old computers or computer parts or monitors, uh, 
you know, the monitors, if they're working, you know, it'd be good. But computers, even if they're not working, old computers aren't, we'd be happy to take them here at the station because uh, we're always looking for different parts and fixing computers. And we have a lot of, uh, we have a mix of older computers and a few newer computers, but the older computers are very important and always need maintaining. And it's not always easy to get parts and things. And we're also always looking to add on more computers for storage and for, um, in our office for editing uh, audio and doing different things like that and any kind of computer parts mouses or keyboards or cables monitors anything like that so if you did have any you know laptops computers pcs anything like that parts that you weren't uh, using or you didn't want uh, we'd be more than happy to take them uh, here in our Newcastle West uh, studio so uh, you can always give the station a call on 069 or you can text or whatsapp 87 uh, or you can email myself if you want patrick102fm at gmail.com and we'd be more than happy to come and collect any kind of uh, computer parts or things like that uh, old computers spare computers um, because we're always needing to maintain here uh, at the station so we'd be more than happy uh, to help to recycle uh, as I'm just talking about now uh, but to continue the story anyway uh, Fiona McCool from the Environmental Protection Agency says the vision is to change the way products are manufactured and packed uh, and packaged in order to minimise waste so let's see what she had to say Waste and waste management is part of this but really does go back to the very beginning when you're designing something, designing for sustainability, designing out waste, thinking of waste prevention at each step in the production processes. Yeah, that's very true. That's that's why I'm actually I think we might have a story about it today, but about um uh items with interchangeable parts. They were on about a phone one time where you could, you know, uh swap out the parts. You know, that's like even nowadays a lot of phones people are getting rid of because their battery life has gone bad. You know, they'd be happy to keep the phone, but you, the battery is too awkward to swap it out. It's dying all the time. And that happened to me one time, actually. I had a, one of my phones was quite good. And I was we went away for a day somewhere. The battery got to 30% and just died. I was trying to take photos. I think it was on the cliffs of Moher. I was trying to take photos uh, with it. Uh, because the same day I was having trouble with my camera also. The shutter was getting stuck, but I, I didn't I didn't fix it till I got home. So I didn't get as many photos as I, as I wanted that day. But um, yeah, so the but the battery was dying. and the, But the phone was great. It was a good phone. I was happy. I'd be happy to have kept it for another year. But it would have, you know, it was, it was the phone, the, it was one of those phones that were all glued together and it was very awkward to take apart. I, I asked the shop about changing it and because I wouldn't, it wasn't a, a simple enough one I could have done myself and the battery would have to be ordered in from China and it would have been a, a high risk of the screen cracking and everything trying to get into it uh, because of how, now some phones are easier than others, but the easiest of all is like a Nokia 3310. Did you take the back off and swap out the battery? And I'm sure it would be doable, you know, um, to even if it was like four screws or something like that uh, on the on the near the four corners or something. I wouldn't mind having a slightly bulkier phone if it, if it was the battery was you could pop out a battery and put in another battery, uh, you know, and it would make a big difference. Um, 
uh, to the life of phones and things like that. If they if there was something they could legislate that batteries have to be interchangeable or something like that. But I know phones are so skinny nowadays, and uh, but I'm sure it, it, there must be an easier way uh, to you know even a, a single screw that can the back can come off, and then the battery is uh, you know a single plug battery, or it just pops out with the three little connectors. So, you know, it can be done, all right. Uh, it's just uh, to, you know, to, to go about doing it. And uh, that would help a lot towards um, extending the life of phones and things like that. Because that's one of the main reasons that people get rid of them, other than upgrading and broken screens and stuff. Um, nearly 200 whales have died after getting stranded on a Tasmanian beach. Oh, that's very sad. Just 35 pilot whales are alive after the pod beached on Wednesday in a remote spot of the Australian island. Rescue efforts are continuing with locals urged to avoid the area. Uh, the mammals are known for standing in large, uh, for stranding in large numbers, but experts say the reasons are not always clear. Uh, so that's very sad. An Englishman has broken a Guinness World Record by, is this the second Guinness World Record we've covered today, uh, by having a drink at different pubs in a single 24-hour period. Nathan Crimp visited 67 pubs in the Brighton area in the space of 17 hours, beating the previous record of 56 pubs. Uh, the 22-year-old says he completely underestimated the task. And his plan to stay sober <laughs> went out the window after the first 25 pubs. He says the hardest part was constantly having to go to the toilet, which took up the majority of his time. <laughs> so that's uh, that's crazy. Uh, the best car phone mounts and chargers. So this is some uh, Wired magazine, some of the ones that first stay safe. Uh, mount placement. Uh, wherever you place your phone mount is vital to ensure it does not obstruct your view of the road. Many mounts allow... A dash or windshield placement, but you should check your local laws. It's illegal to attach mounts to the windshield in many U.S. states. Uh, cable placement. Think of where your cables will run and use cables long enough to prevent tangles and excesses or just long enough to prevent tangles and excesses. Um, consider how, how to keep the end of the cable handy. Uh, the best mounts have cable management for this purpose. Uh, if you use a dash cam, they usually come with a small tool where you, you can use to push a cable in um, into the seams of your car's interior panels to tuck away. Uh, that can work on, for charging cables too. Uh, Keep your eyes on the road, whether setting up navigation, picking a playlist or doing any time anything that requires your attention, do it before you start driving. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, set it all up beforehand. Uh, once you're on the road, use voice commands uh, or have a passenger deal with any issues and keep the focus on the road. Distracted driving leads to thousands of deaths every year. Yeah, very true. Uh, dash mount. This is the best. Uh, this is what I like best about. Oh, so this is the iOTI Easy One Touch Five. Uh, what I like best about this mount is that you can use it one-handed. Uh, just adjust the bottom feet and then your place, and then place your phone against the trigger button. Uh, the, ar the arms automatically close around it. Uh, to remove, simply press the release bars. Uh, the telescopic arm allows you to tweak this placement. Uh, so that's very handy. Uh, what's the next was a wireless charging mount this is the mount in my car now it maintains uh, everything that's good about the iati's previous mount but also this is the iati wireless car charger um previous mount but adds uh, wireless charging support 
you get it with the suction cup for the dashboard or opt for a CD slot or air vent mount. It closes automatically around your phone. Uh, has adjustable feet, a, ro- a rotating ball to angle your phone, and a quick release bar for pokes out on both sides, or a bar that pokes out on both sides, so that's handy. Um, do you know what I actually use myself is um, I have uh, one of the phones with the, it's not a pop socket, but it's actually like a square uh, metal one that pops out and twists, and uh, you can put your, you know, it's like a just a bar, a square bar, and uh, in the middle of it is a magnet, so I just close in the, the bar that helps it to stand up or to, to hold onto it. And the magnet in the middle just attaches to a very simple vent mount that I have. Um, and it's a magnet receiver on the other side. It actually, the, the, the vent mount originally came with different magnets, uh, different like strips uh, with two-sided tape. Uh, there was a square and a round one. I presume to put back on on the back of a phone or to put back on the back of a pop socket. But the actual case I got with my phone has a magnet on it. Uh, so I just use that. And it never fell off. It, I've been using it for over a year now and it has never the phone has never fallen off of the magnet so it's a good strong one uh, very good and you can twist the phone you know say if you're using sat nav and you want to put it in horizontal you can do it you can switch it to that uh, but most of the ones here are they're shown are the the, the side grip ones that, that squeeze the phone uh, those are fine too but there is awkward as I say if you need to do it when you're just sitting in the car and uh, it's a bit awkward to twist twist around and things and you just want to pop the phone on quickly uh, you have to be you have to use four fingers or five fingers just to pull it open and put the phone in and hold it in place and that kind of thing now there's some of the sensor ones and things but uh, uh, but he, as the one he was saying there had a trigger on it so you just push it down and it opens the arms you put in the phone release it and it'll squeeze the phone and but you have to watch out then it doesn't press the buttons and things like that as well they're also recommending a minimalist amount, mount, uh, Belkin car vent mount. And so that's just the one with the two sides on it as well that squeezes the phone. Um, but I, yeah, or uh, for larger phones, the Kenu Airframe Pro, a similar design but can accommodate larger phones with thick cases. It has a ball and socket joint uh, that lets you rotate the device 360 and slightly angle your phone for better view. Um, MagSafe, yeah. So these are the magnetic ones. That's what that's what I use now as well. The so this is a uh, yeah the MagSafe vent mount. Uh, it, it's a rock solid. It it um, so it's, it has wireless charging as well. So the one I have isn't because my phone doesn't have wireless charging. But uh, the prongs cling to your vent securely with a powerful array of magnets to ensure MagSafe enabled iPhones uh, don't bulge. Uh, don't budge an inch. Oh, so this is for iPhones. It works with iPhone 12, 13, 14. There's also a ball joint so you can slightly angle your phone. Uh, so that's another one. Uh, magnetic mount. Scotche. S-C-O-S-C-H-E. Scotche Ma- Ma- Magic Mount Pro uh, f- Charge 5. Uh, if you're keen to get a magnetic mount but uh, don't have a MagSafe iPhone, uh, try this system from Scotche. It comes or scotch scotch i don't know uh, it comes with a metal plate you can stick to the back of your phone or slip on inside your case yeah so there's loads of those kind of ones nowadays but uh if you get a good magnetic one i definitely recommend it's easiest you just pop it on and pull it off and it's it's very easy uh to use 
but uh, some of them now, if you want charge, well, I have, I just have a normal cable plugged into. Actually, I was using a USB that I have underneath my stereo in my car uh, to charge the phone all along, but it was barely just holding the power that was in the phone. If I use the sat nav, the power was still running down. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't have enough wattage to 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 actually charge up the phone. But I changed to, because I have a cigarette lighter thing, I changed to one of those with, um, I think it's 15 watts or something. It wouldn't be the most powerful, maybe 20 watts, something like that. Um, but that actually charges it up. So it actually, even if I'm using the sat-nav, it'll keep it at 100% or it'll charge it up to 100%. Um, so that's good. So I presume the wattage from the, the USB built-in was very, very low. Uh, it didn't even have enough to charge it up. Uh I presume if I had left like left it in the car as I was driving for six or eight hours with the phone pretty much turned off, it might have charged it up a bit, but uh, very, very little though. Uh, yeah, and even just, just connected with the screen off and Bluetooth on, it didn't charge it up anymore. If it was at 50% when I left, it would be maybe 51% if I got to Dublin or something. It was, it was that kind of a, uh, it was that kind of slow. Uh, so yeah, so that's a few of the different ones there. I've been uh, Patrick Sheehan, and this has been Tech Thursday. I'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.